Anyway, welcome to the service. Um, like I said, we want you to know that you can belong before you believe. And that's why we like to say that God uses broken people and not perfect people. I hope you've enjoyed the service so far. Right now, I don't want to do anything weird because I get it. Christians can be weird at times, can't they? I think Christians are weird sometimes, but don't tell any of them. Like, why do we raise our hands during the songs? Well, actually, I think it's super powerful. And it's an outward way of saying, I surrender. But I get it. It can be kind of funny. It's so funny that some people have even come up with dance move names for them. And you might know some of these, but maybe if you're new to church or a little bit more of the conservative type, you could start with the elbow flap. That's a nice, easy beginner. Then you might move up to carry the TV. And after a while of this, you get a little stronger and you can move to carry the widescreen. But I know some of you, you're not the TV, Netflix kind of types. You're more of the outdoorsy types. You like to tell us how big your fish was. And then we've always got liars among us who like to tell us how big their fish was, right? But I don't want to embarrass you. Let's embarrass me. I'm more of a hands-up-high kind of guy. So I like the pointer or giving Jesus a high five. And sometimes when I get really, really excited, I throw in a little bit of heartburn as well. But don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed if that's you, because if you believe that God's transformed your life like I do, then own it. That's okay. But I get it. Church can kind of be funny at times. Church can be messy at times. Why? Because church is full of people, and people are messy. But I think that's the beauty of Christmas, and I'd love to tell you why. I don't want to shove religion down your throat because I'd hate that too. I just want to tell you why I believe and share my story of hope. For most of you, you know the Christmas story. The Virgin Mary gives birth to a son. His name is Jesus. She gives birth in a town called Bethlehem, in a manger, which is basically a farm shed. The shepherds come, the wise men come, and this baby turns out to be the savior of the world. Ordinary people in an ordinary place, bring an extraordinary wonder into the world. And you can read about the story in a book of Matthew, written by one of Jesus' followers. And in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. You might know this story as what you would call the three wise men, but Matthew actually never tells us how many wise men there were. What he does tell us is that wise men come from afar to worship a baby. This is kind of becoming a theme of the service, but that's kind of weird, isn't it? Maybe we should have called it weird, not wonder today. Christmas 2019, weird. We'd get heaps of people here, wouldn't we? But it's kind of weird. Why did these men come from so far to worship this baby? You see, they came because they saw him as the king of the Jews. But that's not why we raise our hands and hit the heartburn today. Yes, he was the savior of the world, but not how anyone had expected. He didn't come with power and with might and a throne and an army. He came with love and through sacrifice. 
So have you ever wondered, why did Jesus come? What is the wonder of Christmas? Because I don't think the wonder is in the manger. I don't think the wonder is in the wise men. I don't think the wonder is in the angels calling the shepherds. I don't think the wonder's in the virgin birth, although that is pretty incredible. I don't think the wonder is in the star in the sky. I think the wonder is in the why. The wonder is in why he came. That it was all part of God's incredible plan to redeem our brokenness, us messy humans, through sacrificing his one and only son on the cross for our sin. The wonder is that it's in contradiction to our human nature. It's in contradiction to systems of government and any other kingdom in the world that this one would be based upon love and not just how we behave. The wonder of the good news, the wonder of the gospel, that you don't have to be subject. You simply have to believe in someone. The wonder of a God who cared enough to do it the right way, the only way, to send his son not to judge the world, but to save it. The wonder of a God who sees you. The wonder of a God who sees who you are. The good things, the bad things, how you hold your hands during the worship. Past, present, future, and promises, despite all of it, including all of it, he promises to love you always. And that's why it's written in the book of John, in chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever should believe in him would have eternal life. Now, the wise men, they had a star to direct them towards Jesus, and they worshipped him for who he was becoming. But did you know that God sees you for who you are becoming as well? So when you walked in this morning and you thought, man, I'm too messy, I'm too broken, I haven't read my Bible in years. I don't even own a Bible. I've never been in church before. In fact, I said the roof was going to fall in when I walked in. How many people have said that before? Imagine how I feel standing up on stage. Those people who know me know. (laughs) You see, God sees you for who you are becoming. So he sees you as called. He sees you as a child of God, loved, full of purpose a hope trafficker, a world changer. And in a moment, we're going to say a short prayer. And I wish we did, but we don't all get a star directing us to Jesus because he already gave us a cross. And following after Jesus isn't all sunshine and roses. Your circumstances don't magically change in a moment, but it is a life full of purpose, real love and a passion for others. And so as I say this prayer, all the East Lakers are going to join in with me. And if you want to make that decision today, all I ask is that you pray it with a sincere heart as they repeat back to me. You know, I had a baby this week on Tuesday. She's beautiful. Her name is Taya. But for me, my story of faith began as a child. As I was raised in a Christian home and my parents were pastors, so how could I avoid it, really? But it was at the birth of my first child, Piper, when my life was spiraling out of control. I was seeking fulfillment and purpose from everything else. 
And when my daughter came into this world and she came in with a whole heap of special needs that I like to call special powers. And that world continued to spiral out of control. But in that moment, I made this decision to follow after Jesus, to choose to believe in him, to choose that I can't do it on my own. And my life since then has not miraculously changed in any certain way. Piper's still fed through a tube in her tummy and has a whole heap of struggles. But I have felt the peace of God, the joy of God, and the love of Him and the care that He has for me. So would you bow your heads out of respect? If you want to make that decision this morning, I just invite you with a sincere heart to pray after me. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. I acknowledge that I'm messy. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I believe that you died for me, that you rose again for me. I choose to believe in you. Forgive me. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.